0: Hello, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Coming Back Home podcast. I'm your host, Amber Rashid, and I full heartedly invite you on this beautiful adventure. Each week, we will take a journey in exploring different topics in the world of plant medicine and natural healing remedies. My intention is to bring awareness and shed light onto what plant medicine is, helping shift the perspective that these sacred plants are not a drug, but rather a divine and intelligent medicine. It's a concentrated drop of nature that carries ancient wisdom and knowledge from thousands and thousands of years ago to help the collective conscious expand, grow, and heal. It's a calling back home to the essence of our soul, who we are, and who we are called to be in this lifetime.
1: Allison and I met about a year ago in ayahuasca ceremony here in Costa Rica, and we've just connected many times over, and just have a very beautiful friendship. And I think so that she's someone that's very inspiring and has a lot of knowledge and wisdom to share with the world and in the community, especially with plant medicine as it's becoming so prevalent, as well as alternative healing modalities that she is involved with. But For now, I'll let Allison introduce herself, and (laughs) welcome to the Coming Back Home podcast.
2: (laughs) Hi, you guys. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, like Amber said, I uh, met her about a year ago, and um, Alec later on down the road. So yeah, I'm really happy to be in your lives and have you in mine, and yeah, just sharing this beautiful experience. So thank you. Um, So I am predominantly a bodywork practitioner. So I love to practice Reiki. That was how I initially um, was inspired to get into bodywork. And now I have shifted into more therapeutic bodywork and orthopedic work and shiatsu and Thai. So working a lot with meridians and energy and then I also had a position um, assisting at a school teaching, and that was really um, transformational. And, yeah, being in Costa Rica, um, I did find myself um, exploring plant medicine, which has been really um, – yeah, I, I always knew that was going to be a part of my journey in this life. And so to continue to trust in the process and arrive to it when I needed to was yeah really synchronistic. And so now um, I'm an integration provider. Um, and I worked for a few years doing harm reduction at music festivals and um, just inspiring people in the psychedelic community to be safe with these amazing tools of opening our hearts and expanding our consciousness. Yeah, I'm just
1: so grateful. I mean, I think one of the- I mean, we resonate so much as well as like the big part of it is integration. But I think before, for everyone that's listening, I think one of the first things that I want to ask you is what kind of started your spiritual journey that led you
2: to plant medicine? You know, I think we're all spiritual beings. And so whether we're aware of it or not, spirituality is um, very intricately Tied into our lives. And there was a point where I was very kind of anti, like the word spiritual, because of all of the connotations around it, Western, and how it's been commercialized in a lot of essences. And so I was very avoidant to, you know, calling myself to be on the spiritual path. Um, but, um, yeah, from a young age, like being really, really little, I had a lot of anxiety, and I remember just like looking at my parents and like expressing to them like I feel like something is wrong, and I don't know what. So from a young age, I did not find safety in my body, and that was always. Um, yeah, a unique experience. And to remember that from such a young age has always kind of kept me exploring my mind rather than my relationship with my body because I felt safer in my mind. And so that is in and of itself can cause a lot of anxiety, too. Um, And so as I got older, that manifested into like physical illness. And so I struggled with like autoimmune disorders and a lot of digestive issues, body pains, migraines. And so there was a point where I knew that my relationship with my body had to change.
3: Yeah. So um, I guess just to to highlight what you were talking about a little bit with your body and the image that you had towards your body growing up as as a child you were suspect to a lot of different, uh, physical elements that you were talking about, um, you know, regarding different autoimmune diseases, um, body dysmorphia, whatever that might be. Tell us about how that relationship with your, with your body, um, really affected your ability to, to go into your mind, like go back into that place of comfort or what, what did that, what was that relationship between your mind and your body?
2: So I feel like the point where there was a really big shift was yoga started to come into my life. And so I started practicing yoga, not only on a physical level, but I was immediately gravitating towards all of the um, more like wisdom and knowledge from teachings rather than just asana practices. Um, And so I think mindfulness is in a way yoga. And so I became, I got to a point where I decided to, yeah, really just start to watch my thoughts because I had an overactive mind in a way that I was aware of what I was thinking, but I would go into very deep rabbit holes with my thoughts. And-
3: so tell us more about where. How old were you at this point? So you're going through all of this. This, you know, you started at a point where you were kind of anti-spiritual, mm-hmm. and um, you were talking about these these different physical elements that you had in regards to your your experience of life and how you started to ex- you know manifest your way in in the world. How 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 old were you about at this time when all this was happening?
2: Yeah. So at this point, I was probably around 15 or 16 years old. Um, like that was when really, really bad digestive issues started. And I generally had a healthy diet. So it didn't, it didn't quite make sense in that aspect. Yeah. Of course, we could always do better. Um, but that was how it started manifesting. So I was about 16 years old when um, I found myself a little bit more dedicated to yoga and a little bit more dedicated to, um, focusing on calming my mind Um, and so yeah I started practicing mindfulness and through that in and of itself I became aware of just all of the places where outer influence takes over us and we have no idea. So when we take a moment to really get to know our thoughts and why we're thinking the way that we're thinking instead of just what am I thinking, then that really gives us an opportunity to expand and connect with ourselves and the world around us in a way that I guess gives us back our sovereignty. And so to understand that anxiety in my life, it yes, it's something absorbing from the outside, but... The manifestation of it through like physical ailments in my body and the avoidance of it by turning to my mind um, was something that I noticed really quickly um, after I started practicing mindfulness.
3: That's interesting. So you're at this this point in your life. You're about fifteen years old, and you're experiencing all sorts of different uh, physical sensations, but also very heightened levels of anxiety. Uh, so basically, at this point in your life, uh, how did you even find yoga? What, how did you even make that connection between your mind and this anxiety, and also these these physical elements? Tell us a little bit about that journey at that age.
2: So this was kind of around the time social media was becoming a bit more popular. um, And there was a particular yoga practitioner that came across my feed and um, she was extremely inspiring to me. And when she would share her asana practice, she was very, very adamant about sharing the philosophies of yoga as well. And so taking in how much integrity this person had in their yoga practice and seeing that it wasn't just, you know, a trendy thing to do um, and that there's layers to it just inspired me. And that was a really big point of understanding my own integrity too.
3: Fascinating. So you're you've basically through through social media you were able to gain a different different understanding of of these different things you were experiencing within your own self. Tell us about how that how how did that path evolve for you? So as you started to apply yoga and these different spiritual um, practices into your life how, how did that where how did you identify yourself were you becoming spiritual were you not spiritual at all how did this this side of you of spirituality come in was it through plant medicine or yeah just tell us a little bit how that path evolved
2: Yeah, so at this point, I wasn't considering myself someone who was spiritual. And I definitely wasn't sharing my inner experience with anybody um, outside of myself, just because I think we all struggle with what we identify with. And I've never been somebody who could really identify with anything in the world. So I've always just kind of moved very fluidly. But also that in and of itself um, would put me in comparison traps about not having that identity. Um, And so it wasn't until a few years later, when um, I was 18, when ayahuasca came into my life. Um, And that was through a friend of mine who had an experience um, with the active compound in ayahuasca, which is DMT. And they had experiences with this really profound medicine. And they shared it to me through that lens that like, this was something that really opened doors of spirituality to them that at the time I had no comprehension of. But when they spoke to me about this, something in my heart, like, really lit a spark. And so at the time, I was still very depressed, very anxious. um, And yeah, had suicidal ideation at times, too. And so
3: so by the age of 18, when when you had this conversation, had you done any sort of plant medicine or any sort of, uh, you know, any mind-altering substances? Or how did this conversation even in come up?
2: Yeah, so when I was 16, um, I had an experience with a really close friend. Um, this was always done very intentionally. And it was something that I took very seriously because um, my mind has always been a temple for me. Like I said, it's been that safe space because I didn't feel safe in my body. And so knowing like how serious this was and, you know, hearing about a lot of the negative connotations that and stigmas that society has, there were some things programmed into me about um, the possible negative things that could emerge from this. So right away, going into exploring these states, there was a little bit of fear instilled in me. And But I was invited to this experience with a friend um, and it ended up just being one of the most emotionally active times that I had ever experienced before. There were so many emotions that um, I never knew existed inside of me and I was communicating things in a way that I never knew how to express before. And so this friend really gave me Um, an opportunity to express my emotions and feel things and um, work through tension that I may have had with them. And just, yeah, that was a really important moment to connecting with my heart for the first time. And, you know, none of this really showed itself to me until years later. At the time, I didn't have this understanding of the experience. I just knew that something changed because of this and I didn't know um, where it was going to take me. But something did come out of an experience i had um probably a few months down the line after that first initial one that was it was really intense and i don't know that it was something i was quite ready for and i put myself in an environment with people that i actually wasn't safe with they weren't people i knew very well um, they weren't people i could trust and they were you know just wanting to have a good time which i understand Um, But also, I wasn't really thinking about set and setting at the time. And um, I ended up coming out of that experience and being in a really disassociated state. And I stayed in that state of dissociation for years up until recent experiences with plant medicine. And so to be in that state for so long and later on, you know, find out about ayahuasca, it... It made sense to me in a way, but it also didn't. I figured if this was the thing that got me to feel this, like this isn't the end of the process. Like this disassociation is a part of something. It's leading me to something else, and so I was very, very patient for when um, an experience in a more ceremonial setting with medicine to arrive. But
3: really fascinating, actually. So what you're saying is, as around the age of sixteen, you had a, a fairly negative experience on a uh, substance and that led you to a place of real dissociation within the world for many years. I mean, you're now 25, so that would be almost 10 years of, of this dissociation. And I find it fascinating that you, you were able to list a plethora of different things that made the experience dangerous or what could have, uh, do you, f- you know, led to this dissociation that you're talking about. Do you feel like that if you were in a a safe place, this this dissociation would have happened? Or what do you think, what caused that?
2: I think that there's multiple reasons this could have happened. One, it's definitely because I knew I wasn't safe. There were a lot of reasons why I wasn't safe, but ultimately it wasn't safe um, on the physical level, on the mental level. On the spiritual level, it wasn't safe. Um, But I also think that psychedelics really have an opportunity to open doors inside of ourselves that we just might not be ready to see. And so when we are extremely resistant to the processes that arise from this – that's when complications can kind of bloom. And, you know, we continue to resist teachings. And I think that was a really part of what was happening is I was in resistance to all of the anxiety that was emerging. And, you know, dissociation is kind of a symptom of trauma in a way. And so we respond to trauma typically with fight or flight, Um, But there's also freeze. And so freeze happens when we've gotten to a place where our body has been in fight or flight for so long that now all it can do is completely let go and eject kind of your soul from the experience that you're having to keep that part of you safe. And so it was not safe. And my soul knew that.
1: So, from this experience after you had that, how did that unfold and leading you down to where you are today? Like, how did
2: you, how were you integrated, like interacting with the world? Yeah. So, I'm literally the day after the experience, I knew that um, something just wasn't right and I didn't know how to express it. But I called the friend that I had the very initial experience um, with. And, you know, they just tried to reassure me that, like, you know, it will be okay, like, you're having some sort of process. And, um, you know, maybe it wasn't the safest or the smartest (laughs) thing um, to do, but just be patient. And so they just kept reminding me to be patient. And at the time, you know, I was really young, and um, I didn't have an understanding of integration. And that wasn't spoken about within the community that I was exploring these things. Um, these you know beautiful psychedelics with and so um yeah I didn't understand integration I didn't understand what was happening in my mind or in my body because of the experiences and so yeah I just moved through the world um even more disconnected from my body and f- going even deeper into my mind and so I would kind of stay in my own world a lot of the time and I would, You know, I would do the things that I needed to do and try to talk and connect with people. But yeah, I felt extremely disconnected from myself, from nature, from my friends, from my work. um, And there was really no passion anywhere. Um, And I don't know if, you know, my family saw the differences or not, because I was already very much um, kind of in my own world and closed off from sharing emotions intimately with them. Um, so I didn't have like any support in the kind of way that somebody really needs. And this took a lot out of me for many years. Like this required a lot of strength. like that's just how it is. And ayahuasca was the only thing that I had hope that would help me to continue on my path, but I waited. From the time I found out of ayahuasca, I think it was in, until I sat – I didn't sit with the medicine until six years later because I knew when it would arrive, I wanted to feel safe. I wanted it to be the right place at the right time with the right people. Um, and so I continued on because I had hope. Um, even though like there was no connection with the world that I was engaging with, um, I did my best to listen to what intuition I had, um, even though I was very much so making decisions from, um, a point of fear, um, Yeah. Thank you
1: so much for sharing all that. I think it's so great that you bring that up. And for, you know, people that are listening that may have gone through like a similar experience just to hear that and, you know, just giving them like hope or maybe insights of what they can do um, if they are in that situation. But, you know, you were saying that you waited six years to do ayahuasca. And so that was last year when we had met at home and you had done Bufo before that, correct? Can you talk a little bit
2: about that experience? Yeah, so this, um, I hold a lot of reverence for the medicines in general, but Bufo, I hold a very, very significant amount of reverence and respect for um, because my experience was so profound. And I was in a very new um, work environment at this point, and um I had made a lot of changes in my life um, from, you know, I grew up in Alabama and I moved away and like just kind of left everything in hopes of a different life. And I ended up in Washington for a few years. And, um, you know, at that point, I still wasn't feeling very healthy physically and I was very drained all the time. And um, yeah, an opportunity to go study massage therapy in Costa Rica had come up. And yeah, so I ended up graduating from that program and was invited back to, uh, help teach. And so during my time, um, when I was in my first term, um, as a teaching assistant, I was really, really challenged with the need for validation. I was constantly questioning like, oh my gosh, am I teaching right? Am I saying the right things? Do they like me? And that just started to manifest in my intimate relationships, into my um, relationships with my friends. And um, just even with myself, I was constantly like searching for external validation. And I realized that that was a big reason for, I think, a lot of my troubles with anxiety. As I was teaching and really working through this need for validation, um, an opportunity to come came to go and sit at a retreat center and they were offering, um, a tobacco ceremony to receive rape. And I felt like that was a really beautiful opportunity to go and connect with the space, connect with the people and just see how I felt about being there. And so I went and it ended up being really, really beautiful. And I met people who were, um, so open hearted and it was a community of, you know, I had never met, um, Really, anybody living this kind of lifestyle of exploring their spirituality so so openly, and so it was really beautiful and inspiring. Um, and so I, after that, I felt really safe in the space, um, but I don't know that I it was quite time to sit with ayahuasca. But through connecting with that circle, an opportunity to sit with bufo came up. Um, and right when I heard about that, um, I knew that that was it. Like this was the the time to go and, you know, sit in ceremony with medicine for the first time. And, um, even though I knew that, I was still extremely afraid. Like it's it's a potent medicine. A lot of the medicines really are, but, you know, I heard that Bufo is kind of like, Um, a near-death experience in a way and you know I didn't know what that meant on a physical level or even emotional level or spiritual level Um, and so I knew that whatever was going to happen was going to be for my highest good so no matter how fearful I was I knew that that was not the guidance um, to listen to and so I just kept trusting and I spent so I planned this out like A month, month and a half ahead of time, um, because I wanted to take it very seriously. And so I was um, doing ice baths every week and going to breath work, um, because I really wanted to um, prepare for this experience the best that I could and be able to, you know, surrender, we all want the surrender. (laughs) Um, And so my feet knew exactly what to do. And I ended up there. Um, to receive the medicine and this was in a group setting um, with 15 to 20 people. So in this kind of setting, you're watching a lot of people go through their process too. And so I was the one of the last I think I was the second to last person to receive the medicine that day. and so I had to watch um, a lot of really beautiful and profound unfoldings happen um, for people and um, one of the facilitators was just like reminding me like, What's happening on the inside is not what it looks like um, on the inside. And I just was like, okay, okay, because it can be really intense. And so when I went up to the mat and when it was my turn, they have you read kind of like this beautiful poem to yourself. And as I was reading it to myself, I was already like crying my eyes out. And it had a lot of things involving self-love and just like what we're worthy of and really speaking that and speaking these affirmations to ourselves. Um, And so like, you know, I had never even really spoken to myself in that way before. Um, And so it was very, very emotional for me. And so um, as I sat there and it was time to receive, like I had a knowing that this was not meant to be like, A slow gentle experience for me sometimes that is what we need but I knew that this wasn't it so I wanted to receive as much as I could in my lungs as quickly as I could um and so as it came time and the medicine came to my mouth I just I breathed in like every bit of the medicine that I could and I slowly just I faded away and (laughs) when I started to come back um I was shaking violently like my arm like I was laying on my back but my arms were above me and my legs were above me and I was just shaking and at this point I really came to and I was just uh, like screaming like yes 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 like I one I couldn't believe I was seeing the other side of this experience and that I didn't actually Mm (laughs) die (laughs) and um, so I was just so happy that like to have like faced myself and like had the courage enough to go and have this experience and um I just I was you know screaming to the room that like I am perfect just the way I am and like I felt that in my bones and so all of the years that I spent disassociated I had spent a lot of time sort of um, I guess, deconditioning myself from a lot of the things that were told. And so I didn't know what I was like behind the ego. You know, people talk about, you know, you're not, you're not the ego. Da, 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 da. And I couldn't understand what I was behind that if I'm none of these identifiers. And so coming out of Bufo, like I had this felt sense of experience of understanding that behind it all, you know, it's love. And so I felt in all of my body that it didn't, nothing in the past mattered if I existed in the present in an embodiment of love. And that's hard when it gets to integration time, but I knew that and I had something to hold on to. And so the next week after um, I had received the medicine, I was having a really hard time and I was really anxious. I wasn't eating, Um, but this was a different kind of anxiety it wasn't like I wasn't my mind wasn't running it was like sp- so much space and my body had been created that I didn't even know what to do with it <laughs> mm-hmm. and I started receiving a lot of messages about my own process about why I was disconnected and why I was dissociated and um Growing up and just even into my adolescence, I would often tell a lot of white lies or not be my authentic self um, out of a place of fear of not being accepted. And so it hit me that I had been so disconnected. I had been in this deep process of seeking external validation because I was never being true to myself. I was never honoring what I really wanted. I was, you know, picking careers because I thought that that was the best. Thing because other people were telling me that um, it was what I needed instead of listening to my heart. And so when this way had been really clear, I understood that you know, I have to be a vessel of truth from this point on in my life. Like I cannot tell lies anymore because guess what? No one outside of me cares. It's me. Like this is my life ultimately. And how am I going to be guided? Because every time that I would plant a lie in something, it's not attracting what's meant for me and it's going to take me further out of alignment with myself. And so, yeah, coming out of that experience, I just, I understood that like This was now going to be a really big transition of practicing what it really means to, one, love myself and to express my authenticity um, without fear and understanding that from that will bloom connection with nature, connection with myself, connection with community, and that I needed to stay in my integrity no matter what would come from this
3: Absolutely incredible. You know, it's really amazing to hear about all of the benefits that you really received after going to do BUFO. And I know that one of the, the biggest things that Amber holds dear to her heart is that these are very sacred medicines and that they have the ability to really help people along their journeys. In fact, they're, they've been used for thousands of years. And so you went and did BUFO and had this, this very profound dissociative, even more out of body experience where you were propelled beyond your own physical body. But as you came back, it was almost like you reconnected with yourself. And over, you know, about a week or, or so, like you were saying, you were able to really start to identify a lot of the reasons and why you were dissociating and why you had disconnected from the world in the way that you that you had. And it's just incredible to hear about how that experience was really able to um, help you identify, that you know, even that this is a different type of anxiety. The emotions I'm feeling are different than the ones I felt in the past, or maybe in some way you were able to um, process your emotions differently as you were able to really come back into your body. Uh, after you sat with Bufo, what happened after that? So you did the rap and you did the, you did the Bufo. The Bufo is what really kind of brought you back into your body. Did you go and do more Bufo or how, what happened after that experience for you?
2: Um, So after that experience, like I knew that it was important to take time um, because the facilitators were um, expressing that this medicine needs a lot of time and it needs a lot of space. And, you know, don't go home and make big changes like you really need to wait and um, take time. And I immediately wanted to make so many changes and listening to that advice I it was extremely significant. And so I needed to take time and take space. Um, but so I felt that after the experience, um, I later found out that during the experience, I was screaming the entire time. And I would have had no idea. I was in such a beautiful and blissful state. And so to 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 hear that, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Um, But what I understand actually happened, it wasn't fear. It wasn't because I was like holding on and couldn't let go, but a lot of trapped emotions, significantly anger that had been stored in my body was really allowed to be freed at that point. And so I was no longer carrying um, the weight of years of anger in my body. And so once that had been cleared – um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like angry. I didn't get angry at things in the same way anymore. Um, and so in the next couple of weeks, I was trying to be very, very conscious of what I was allowing into my field because you're so open and because I just had a really deep release. Um, but, Again, like I was still having a hard time with this integration because so much space was created. Um, and so an opportunity came up to um, sit in a really, really beautiful ceremony with Santa Maria. And so Santa Maria is cannabis, um, but more in a ceremonial context.
3: So, what do you mean by like a ceremonial context? You know, what's the difference between going and when you say you sat with Santa Maria? That's a word that many people may have not even heard before. What what is the where does that word come from? And what is the when you say a ceremony? What does that what does that mean? What what did that look like?
2: Mm -hmm. So, in a ceremonial context, um, we are all sitting together and imbibing or receiving the medicine together. Um, So we're sitting in a circle, and the main Components that create ceremony are a clear beginning, middle, and end. And so we're opening sacred space, we are taking time to set our intentions with ourselves. Um, And I think we may have expressed them openly as a group too um and then um the medicine will was handed out just in the form of small joints um and we would also take a little tincture and yeah and so we would all receive this together and once we would receive it we would um we're encouraged to say sitting up because you know with santa maria or, or cannabis um she can put you into a very um like deep drowsy state and so sitting up allows you to receive it and engage with her um a little more intimately um in my experience um but so either way we would put blindfolds on and the facilitator um would she played really beautiful music throughout the ceremony and just yeah guided us through a journey and i would say it was probably um about 2 or 3 hours in total um and so we were offered um, rappe before and Sananga after, um, just to kind of really, you know, tie in, um, the healing that was happening. And, you know, Santa Maria is a medicine that really encourages, um, our creativity and connection and, uh, communication. And this was on a full moon. So it was a really, really potent time. Um, and so I, I received, a lot that evening. I have a long um, relationship with Santa Maria and I hadn't really worked with her in six months because, um, yeah, I was just really trying to, yeah, cleanse myself for medicine experiences that I knew were on their way. Um, And so I hadn't received her in a while. And so receiving her just really helped me to feel in my body and like settle into a lot of the space that was created. Um, but after this evening, um, we stay the night in the space and we're all having breakfast. Um, and I was invited to sit in a ceremony with ayahuasca. And the ceremony was gifted to me by a really, really dear friend. And it just came, um, you know, divine timing And, um, at first I was, I was kind of shocked because this was, it was happening the next evening. So this wasn't something I had a lot of time to prepare for. Um, I, you know, I, I knew it was time, but I also was a little, um, you know, a little fearful. It's your first time sitting with an extremely, um, potent medicine thank
1: you so much for sharing all that i just wanted to go back to your even bufo experience for being so vulnerable and sharing all of that and one of the just sitting here and listening one of the biggest takeaways that i was getting was how you from the first time when you were younger to 15 or 16 when you had that experience when you're disassociated how you had that awareness to when you were going to go sit again in ceremony how you were able to do ice baths and help really prepare and help set your mindset for when you really felt the call. And I think that's really important because a lot of people don't have that awareness. And then to, you know, further cultivate that and really, you know, even going to sit with Santa Maria to really help you um, understand the messages or downloads or insights that you got from that. So I think that's really beautiful. And um, yeah. And then when you, I know that's how we met when you came for when we both went to go sit with the Yawanawa for ayahuasca and yeah that was a very small ceremony but um, I know you're talking about the fear and everything and you know and I listening it's completely normal you know we go through these experiences but you never know what may came may come up and arise but um, can you talk a little bit about your like intention going into sitting with ayahuasca and like what you were hoping to further receive like with that medicine since you already sat with like
2: bufo and you had done a santa maria experience yeah so kind of like i said this ceremony it it came out of the blue and so my intentions weren't extremely clear but I knew that I wanted to continue to work with the intention that I already had with Bufo was which was to release the need for validation um, for external validation and to um, yeah promote really neurogenesis so I could get out of the thought loops that I was in because I know um, a lot of what was happening in my life and that need for validation was stemming from just really really deep rooted, um, thought patterns in my mind. And so I've always had a really deep understanding with psychedelics that that was, um, something that they offered, um, and really creating those new connections in our mind. And so I just went into it kind of with that same intention that I had with Bufo because I knew that, you know, these kind of processes aren't a one and done. And it felt like, there was still work to do around this. So I held that same intention. But considering this was my first time with the medicine, I was just open to receive, like, I'm here to receive, like, allow me to receive um, whatever I'm needing at this time, and to um, just connect and be open to the connection. And I think that's really beautiful because
1: it ties into surrender. And I feel like that's even in what I sitting here listening to you speak about your Bufo experience, you you were ready to receive that and you were open. And I feel like a lot of times that's part of receiving the calling and being willing to open and to change and being willing to receive whatever it may be because you know a lot of times people want other people to go sit with medicine or maybe be forceful but you have to be wanting to make that change and it's really beautiful that you were able and how that mindset to surrender to like fully be open to receive and so can you can you talk a little bit about what you received
2: or some of the insights you got with Aya? So Going into this space, I kind of want to set the tone a little bit because this was a very, very magical time. Amber was there, um, and a lot of people who have had their own Um, profound experiences with the medicine and have cultivated a relationship with her. And so this is a group of people who all hold a lot of reverence for the medicine. And like Amber said, it was a small group. So um, and pretty much everybody there had experience. And so I knew that I was held. And I knew that, yeah, I was meant to be there. And I remember talking um, to Amber before the experience, um, just like about the fear I was feeling and just reassured me like, you know, like you said, like, it's normal. Sometimes it's it's what comes up and, like, um, just, like, know that you're here for a reason. And, um, yeah, that was very, like, consoling to me um, in that moment. And so throughout the evening, um, the as the medicine started to take effect, I was definitely feeling fear. Um, and she came on very strong and very quickly. Um, but I, at this point, I was really staying with myself, staying with my breath, staying in the energy of the space. Um, the, salmon, the shamans um, are singing their beautiful saishés at this point, which are their songs. They're kind of like Icarus, but um, to their tribe. And so they're doing chanting um, without um, their instruments at this point. And so as I'm feeling it start to take effect, um, they, you know, call us all up to the middle of the Maloka, and we all link arms and we move in a circle together and we all start to chant together. And so at this point, I could really, really feel a connection with everyone, not only in the room, but time and space beyond What was happening. And so to have this really intimate moment with people who I don't really know (laughs) and to just share something um, in that way was really healing like there was no judgment about the way that your voice sounded, or how you moved we were all there to move together and to harmonize our energy I think that that's what um, a lot of these initial circles are about is harmonizing our energies Um, and so after the circle um, we receive more medicine and so after this I would I went and lied down and um, it became very very intense And so it started to, yeah, intensify. And I was really being flooded with intense visions of, um, you know, things that even today are hard to express verbally. Um, But when I was seeing these visions, even more fear started coming up. I had never seen or engaged with anything like this before. And, um, you know, I wasn't sure if I was in danger, I was like, you know, I was, am I safe here? And like, I was asking the medicine, like, am I safe here? Like, why am I feeling so much fear? And, um, I understand that there's a lot of release happening at this point and, um, purging happening. And, um, after a really deep purge, I lied down And there's really, really beautiful music taking us on a journey at this point. And so as I'm journeying um, with the medicine and these visions are invoking a lot of fear within me, I'm just – I pause for a moment and I just ask myself, like, okay, if what I'm engaging with is another, um, I guess, technology of consciousness, like – there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, I like nothing can hurt me right now. I don't need to be afraid. Um, And if I am afraid, like, what's the antidote? What is the antidote to fear? And so right in that moment, it all happened so quickly. I knew that whatever I was seeing, whatever I was feeling, that I needed to love it. And so I felt in my body, my heart just expand so dramatically. And I was just showering the entire room and my entire body um, with love. And at this point, like I was actually like I was vocalizing and um, like I was singing and humming um, with the music that was playing. And so like this expression coming out through my voice was very very healing and i knew that this was a sound of love and what i was feeling i could only describe as you know the highest frequency of of love and when i understood that even when we're experiencing so much fear or engaging with darkness that we're afraid of loving you know like We're here to love it anyway. Like, how can we love this darkness and embrace these shadows? Like, these shadows are here to be a teacher to me. So how can I see these shadows? How can I love these shadows? And so, yeah, just I really love um, that this is the Coming Back Home podcast and because that's exactly – what I felt that evening is I felt my soul come home after so many years of that part of myself not being there and so to feel a part of myself literally come back into my body and into my mind after it not being there for so long it was something that never left me and yeah, it was a really profound and beautiful evening to be in a space where I was so loved and so held to face darkness in a way that I hadn't done in myself before. And yeah, to be able to sit here now and understand um, like what a blessing that was to my life and to be able to honor it and, you know, really integrate that teaching into my life. Um, I've just continued to embrace darkness as it comes up so i know that that experience was divine timing and transformative
1: oh that was so beautiful thank you for sharing all of that you know i think it's really beautiful how you were able to take that fear and transmute it with love and i think it's something that not a lot of people talk about is embracing their shadow side and we all have that inside of us, no matter how great we think life is. And it's something that we do need to acknowledge and be aware of. And I think that is when you do give it, um, when you do acknowledge it, then that's when you can fully embrace and truly love like, your whole self. So, yeah, even he, just hearing you talk about your ceremony, I'm going in the back of my own mind and thinking about what I, yeah, that was a really intimate but intense ceremony as well. And, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful to have shared that experience with you. And I remember after ceremony, like I know we like, came up to each other and gave each other a hug and we were both like, we got this. It was just, yeah. And, and I, it's just beautiful to sit here now together and really just reminisce about the experience and like how far we've truly come because a lot has changed in a year.
3: Thank you so very much for sharing. And one thing that we all talk about so much is you know, it's really very incredible, the the research behind these different compounds. And as you really dive into what science is beginning to tell us is that they, it really does appear to be, you know, if done correctly, a, a near magic pill where, you know, it's anti-anxiety, like you were talking about, anti-depressive. And, you know, hearing about your story is very beautiful. I think, you know, for anyone that knows Allison, um, she's a very spiritual person and it's really fascinating to hear about her path and i think from a very young age you have just been blessed with the opportunity to be very aware and i think that a lot of people live very dissociative you know dissociated from life not really knowing what's what's happening continuing in their natural rhythms but to be able to have and be able to communicate the experience in 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 a verbal form to help other people understand just how amazing these medicines really are and why they are called medicine is because they have the this profound ability to really help people that in ways that really is very difficult to describe and to just hear about your experience in a way that was very well understood I think does just a very great job at highlighting you know what can be done um, if done correctly and you know as we we spoke about earlier with you know, just having proper set and setting and how a lot of this, um, you know, your first experiences were very scary and how you were in places that, you know, maybe you shouldn't have been. And if you could have done it again, maybe you would have done it differently and not saying that's the case, but just hearing about how that's transformed and how when done in a right set and setting with a proper intention, with the right people, just how amazing and profoundly life-changing they really can be. Uh, yeah, so thank you for sharing. So what happened after this? So you sat with the Aonawa for, for that ceremony. Did you continue to sit in medicine, or what did that look like for you? You know.
2: Yeah, so some time had passed um, before I sat with the medicine again. Um, I took some time away from Costa Rica. I went back to the States. Um, I had kind of been living here um for a year and a half at that point, um, on and off. Um, But so I took a trip back to the States because I knew at that point um, I wanted to spend more time or that I was at least transitioning away from uh, where I was living. So I went back and just kind of reorganized myself and closed that chapter of where I was living. Um, And I found myself um, back in Costa Rica um, in... Let's see. In August, at the beginning of August, um, but during the summer, um, an opportunity to study integration more intimately came up, um, and so yeah, I received a really, really beautiful opportunity to go through an integration program um, with um, yeah, some very amazing. Intellectual, academic professionals, as well as indigenous shamans um, who were all supporting this course um, that was 10 months long. And so this started in June. And so I really went into this because I wanted to support my own process. I understood how important integration really was because when we step away from ceremony, you know, what is actually happening? What are we doing? Like, are we making changes? Are these tools for experience? Are these tools for transformation? And, you know, neither's right or wrong, but are we holding awareness of um, why we're continuing to sit with the medicine? And so I wanted to, one, just respect the medicine and the indigenous people who protect these medicines, but also be safe and aware on my own path and support others as I came in contact with them when needed. Um, so when I arrived back in Costa Rica and um, I had already received a lot of wisdom from this course, but I was called to continue working um with the medicine and with the Yawanawa because it held a really, really special place in my heart. Um it really reactivated my passion for singing and for music. Um and so I wanted to continue to to just share in the beauty and um in the magic. So throughout the course of August, um, I sat in Um, Yeah, quite a bit of of ceremonies and exploring many different intentions. It's been a really potent uh, time in my life. And so throughout that um, month of basically study with them, um, Amber sat with me in quite a bit of those. Um, And there was, yeah, a lot of profound transformation happening in a really short time and, uh. yeah, there was definitely a lot of transformation. I remember a lot of times by the fire, I'd be like,
1: Are we coming back for another ceremony? And then we'd be there again. But, you know, honestly, those were some of the probably most profound ceremonies I've had, um, with ayahuasca. And there was a lot of, you know, deep healings that I also needed during my life in that time. And just really going with the why and, you know, going with an intention, but having, you know, a beautiful support system and, you know, a having you as there there as well was really um, beautiful and I'm very grateful for that experience. And I think it was really interesting how you took that integration course and now I'm enrolled in the same one. So, and that's something that, you know, for everyone that's listening, as uh, you know integration we keep ta- bringing it up here and there but you know from our own experiences how that plays such a big role because once again you know like ceremony is going to school or you know you're going to like ceremony of li- life is a ceremony but then how do you apply those learnings and teachings because yeah it is the closest thing to a magic pill but it's what you do with that and what you do with those Downloads and receivings and teachings and wisdoms and how you implement it into your life to make life la- lasting change. But can you talk a little bit about what was the biggest uh, takeaway you got from the interview? Because I'm still taking it right now. I haven't completed the course, but those for the are listening, what is the biggest takeaway that you got from that course and that you can bring to
2: others? So... Uh- The biggest takeaway for me and being a bodywork practitioner um, and evolving with massage therapy and evolving with Reiki and, you know, being connected to my body now in such a profound way um, is it's very interesting to see the contrast and how um, I once moved through life. But in essence, it was learning how trauma really affects Our entire being on a really deep cellular level. And I think all of us have trauma, and so much of it we don't recognize, but we do live in. Um, kind of a trauma filled society. There's a lot of collective trauma as well as personal trauma. And so understanding um, like what that meant for my nervous system has been extremely um, supportive of my own processes and being able to notice like when I'm in a state and I might be feeling certain things or my body might be giving me cer- certain signals, it's like, okay, how can I respond to what's happening? and begin to regulate. Um, And so learning how to work and regulate my own nervous system in that new way um, has been very, very helpful, not only for me, but also all of my clients that I engage with, whether it's through integration or bodywork, and also as an instructor, because bodywork is really intimate. And so being able to approach my work from a way that is aware of the state that my own nervous system is and being able to track and support the nervous system of the people that I'm supporting allows me to work in a way that is very yeah symbiotic because it's like how can we come together how can we ground together, how can we flow together in whatever moment it is that we're experiencing? And so wherever we're going, we are constantly co-regulating with the people that we're engaging with. And so people talk about, you know feeling the vibes of the space, but essentially that's like what how are you feeling and compared to the nervous systems of the people that you're engaging with and the energy that they're giving off or that even the environment is holding. And so I think yeah, being able to receive that knowledge, um. is, yeah, something I wish everybody could be able to learn. Yeah, I think, thank you for
1: sharing all that. I think that's all really important and, you know, having that awareness. And, I, you know, I think being trauma-informed is something that, you know, if you're going to facilitate a space or hold that space, is something that, you know, everyone, in my personal opinion and viewpoint, everyone should go through because it makes, you know, it makes not only, a safe place for you but for the other person and you know sometimes I think especially in the medicine community for example too much medicine which people don't realize can also do more harm and you know set that person back even you know just like you were saying in your when you had that experience when you were younger so I really appreciate you so much for really following your heart and how you're so passionate about that because that's something I'm very passionate about and Um, I'm really excited to finish my course and learn more, but I'm really excited to see where life is going to take you as well.
3: Yeah, you know, I totally agree. It's really quite fascinating to hear about all your experiences and how it's led you to the path, you know, where you're at now. It's such a fascinating journey. And I really wanted to just highlight and expound, you know, with the key of integration where I really, you know, Amber always is talking about that. And she does such a great job at, but you're the same way though, Allison, where it's, it's beautiful to see where you are able to go to these ceremonies and really try to apply and be very aware of what is the wisdom, you know, like Amber was talking about, what are the downloads, what is what is the energetic inputs that I'm receiving? And as I go back into my day-to-day, you know, life, what are the, what is the energy telling me am I in a place that's comforting to me now as I make these changes or am I in a place of discomfort as I try to adopt these changes and really that is the the key to to it all is what do you do with it and nobody's perfect and nobody is you know everyone has their own set of trials and things they have to overcome in life but as you just continue to adopt and apply and become in tune with your own body you know, it's like yeah, I really, really enjoyed hearing your story about your dissociation, and how when you were back in your body, and as you began to really feel those emotions again, what did that look like? Where were you, where were you around? How were you interacting with the world? And it will be very fascinating to, to watch your journey continue to unfold. And just really wanted to thank you as well for um, you know sharing these very deep experiences and being with us at this very beautiful location in Costa Rica. It's such a such a blessing for us all to be here. And be fascinating to to watch as everything continues to unfold in its own way. So thank you.
1: And one of the last things I wanted to ask you for people that are listening: What are some What are some things that you do on like a daily basis to help you integrate or what are some daily practices that really help you keep grounded as you go through these experiences?
2: I think one of the most important things for me is when I wake up in the morning and just really taking the time to wake up and to be slow and to not rush into wherever I need to go and not to start my day off um, in any sort of way that um, feels disharmonious to my being. Because how we start our days is extremely significant. So when I wake up, it's like, can I take time to take breaths? Can I take time to feel the sensations that are arising in my body? Can I take the time to observe what thoughts are initially coming in? And so really starting my day in a way that is um, slow and receptive um, just helps me ground into the experience that whatever is to come, um, in the day. And I think nature is really important to integration as well. Um, honestly, just in general, just into, into life. I feel like we, you know, view nature as something that people are interested in, but we, we can't be interested in nature. We are <laughs> nature. And so, Allowing that part of your being to just exist and spend time, um, in that active connection. Um, I love to sit on the earth and, um, really feel my own energy within my body, see where I'm at, and then to connect with the energy that I'm feeling in the earth and really allow that to, um, kind of permeate through my being. Um, and, I think that for a time journaling was very, very significant to my processes. Um, And so being able to just have a time where I can just write um, whatever needs to flow from my mind is a space where you can just let things go or take time to express thoughts and come to conclusions if it's something that you need to work through. Um, So I think if, you know, anybody who's on this path just taking a little bit of time especially if you're new just to journal and explore your thoughts in that way can be really really helpful um and yeah i could say so many things but you know listen to our listen to your body ultimately like what is your body asking for like what do you need can you just can we take the time to slow down and tune into, okay, like, am I hydrated right now? Especially in Costa Rica, like, we have to drink a lot of water to stay hydrated. Um, You know, what is my body asking for for nourishment? Um, Am I, do I want to hang around the people who are inviting me to do XYZ today, and not doing things out of obligation, but because it feels good to my being. And there's a difference between Seeking discomfort and being challenged, and putting yourself in situations that are not meant for you. There's a very distinct difference between those two. And so, yeah, just being able to take the time to connect to what my body is asking for, what my heart is asking for, what my mind is asking for, and find the alignment and the agreement between those. You know, and that just takes practice and awareness. Um, yeah, I think has been the most crucial to. Yeah, my integration and life in general, because all of life is an integration of what we learn, not just integrating medicine, but integrating um, all of our experiences, all of our engagements, all of our relationships. And so life is just this dance of taking in and releasing. And I think it's really beautiful. And so coming back to how can you support yourself in that process and listening to yourself ultimately and not the way that somebody else may be guiding you.
0: Oh, (laughs) that was really
1: beautiful. I really agree and resonate with so much that you said. And I loved how it's so true. Everyone is so different. So really, you know, just being still and taking the time to see what resonates and what your body is calling for and really listening and feeling the emotions because their feelings are the language to your soul. And every single person is different. But and I think just having compassion for yourself, too, because, you know, you come out of these experiences and like, you know, it can be a bit difficult to change. But, you know, being compassionate, having a lot of self-love as you go through that process and integrate. But and also I loved what you said about uh, your environment and taking yourself out of situations because it'd be really easy to go and have these profound experiences and then come back home and be in the same environment around the same people eating having the same habits so really just even having that change of perspective and taking the little steps every single day to make that change Uh, if you could give one advice to people wanting to try plant medicine or being called what would it be?
0: It's a great question.
2: I would say be open and release expectations because when we set expectations, we're not leaving room for the potential of what may blossom. And so be open, release expectations, set an intention, but release whatever outcome you're expecting from that and trust yourself.
1: I love that and also like going down to trust yourself is just like again listening to yourself you know really listening to the why and what you're talking about intention but being willing to be open because like expectation leads to disappointment and I am those are exactly what you said are some of the same advice I would give to anyone, and even what you went back to before you received ayahuasca is really doing your homework about who you're going to sit with and who you're going to receive with because that is an energetic exchange, and safety is always a priority, and that has a tremendous effect on your experience. Alec, do you have anything?
3: Perfect, thank you. really. Honestly, thank you right? so very much. Yeah.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Allison. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you being here, for you sharing your wisdom and everything that you've received and being vulnerable. I know that, you know, the more that we can be open and share, that I can help someone else on their own journey as well. Before we leave, can you can you share a little bit about
2: where you're on to your next journey and what's in store? I've definitely been prioritizing listening to my heart and um, just my own inner discernment. And um, I've spent some time really deep in the unknown of not knowing where my life um, was taking me, but I continued just to... Be in the moment and have faith and trust that the process was unfolding. And so, um, yeah, I'm finding myself um, taking some time away from Costa Rica after living here um, for most of the time in the last two and a half years. Um, and I'll be living in Colorado, practicing body work privately and um, yeah, exploring that more intimately. And I'm also have a really beautiful opportunity to sit in a combo practitioner training. Um, this is a medicine that's just been really um, helpful to continue to process emotions and release and connect. And so I'm very excited to, um, yeah, train with some people who hold a really deep integrity um, for this medicine and um, have really beautiful reciprocity initiatives um, with the Matses. And so, yeah, I'm going to go study and receive from them. And ultimately, I really want to connect with this medicine um, more for myself through self-application. But um, I think it will be only a matter of time for me to to share this with others. So yeah, I'm very excited to work with this medicine more intimately, work with my body work, practice more intimately and yeah, just continue to live moment to moment and see where it takes me. Yeah, I'm really excited because as m- I'm also a
1: combo practitioner. So I'm just so excited to see what that brings for you and you never know how that can unfold. And maybe we'll be holding ceremonies together in the future or holding space for other people. But that medicine is something that also had to hold very dear to my heart and has helped me on my path of healing and self-discovery as well. So I'm excited to see what it unbring- uh, brings for you and has in store for you. But I just wanted to thank you so much for being here. I love you. And as always, I wish you all the best. And I know our, even though we're not going to be in Costa Rica, our paths will definitely connect soon in the future.
2: Thank you, Amber. Thank you, Alec. I'm so happy I could be here with you. Thank you for sharing your beautiful space, your beautiful home, your beautiful energies. I love you both. I'm so happy that you're a part of my journey and that I get to be a part of yours and this, yeah, just really special experience of being human so thank you both such an honor i love you thank you
0: thank you so much for taking the time to tune in to the coming back home podcast you can connect with me on social media platforms such as instagram at coming back home please like share and subscribe for more conscious heartfelt and healing content if this episode resonated with you please leave a review of my podcast on Apple or the website comingbackhome.co. Remember, it's a calling back home to the essence of who we are and who we are called to be in this lifetime. May God always bless and guide you, my brothers and sisters, and lots of love and light as always.